Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Afterword. It's me. It's Dave Tish. I'm here. I'm here with you. Hey, you know, guys, we made it. We made it. We made it through our Fall Vision series. And what a ride it's been. Over the past four weeks, this is the final week of our series called The Life We Want. And over the past couple weeks, we've done a deep dive into each of our three core loves. Loving God, loving our neighbor, and loving one another. We learned that loving God isn't about emotions. And that really loving someone means building a structure of behavior around it for those moments when your emotions falter. It means that you do something about it. And we learned that loving God means loving your neighbor, that they're, Jesus inextricably links the two of them somehow in which we love our neighbor. And we define neighbor as anyone within the ripple effect of your life, which means we notice our neighbor, we pay attention to our neighbor, and if our neighbor has a need, we do our very best to try to meet the need of that neighbor. That's what love means, even if it costs us. And we learned last week that loving one another means that we're made for community. Steve Clifford often says, the Christian life isn't difficult to do alone, it's impossible. You and I were made for community because we're made in the image of God. God himself is community. We need it. We need it like a goldfish needs water. And this week, we're going to just kind of tie up all those loose ends and look forward to beautiful day. I've got Jay Kim here in the office. We're going to dive into that. So before we go um, and before we end this sermon series, I just want to end with a final thought for me, just for me. This is just between you and me. And it's something that has been affecting me. And it's interestingly enough, it's not from this sermon series. It's from the previous sermon series, where, where which was called The Unseen. We did a long-form interview, Jay and I did, with uh, Gary Brashears, Dr. Gary Brashears, who is a professor of theology at Western Seminary, incredible professor, incredible pastor, incredible teacher, incredible mentor to both Jay and I. And during that hour-long conversation, Brashears just said this, this sentence, and it's something he said multiple times. I actually looked up in my seminary notes because I had him in my, he was a seminary cohort leader for, for my cohort in seminary. I looked at my notes, and I wanted to read it to you because it has just been affecting me. I've just been thinking about this in light of not only the unseen sermon series, but this sermon series. So I'm just going to read this quote to you because I really, I really think it, it, it applies to what we're trying to do with Beautiful Day, what we've been trying to do this whole sermon series, asking everyone to be all in and here to stay. And so Brashears put it this way. He said, Yahweh creates humans as blessable image-bearing covenant partners to fill the land with more blessable image-bearing covenant partners who will reign with him, creating communities, little bubbles, of grace, peace, love, generosity, justice, beauty, and truth. This doing good and creating communities that do good is an act of war. The earth now is a war zone. I, I just love that. I've just been thinking nonstop about that idea of creating little bubbles of community. And it reminds me of that uh, the animated film, The Incredibles. The eldest daughter, Violet, has this ability to make this force field. You've probably seen it. And she can make get this force field and it creates this bubble where people are safe um, in, in her presence. And sometimes it's just for her, but sometimes she brings her whole family in it and her whole family's protected. That to me is kind of what we're doing. We're bringing and creating bubbles, not bubbles like stay out of my personal space, not those kind of bubbles or not bubbles. Like he lives in a bubble and he's unaware of the way the world really works. We're not talking about those kind of exclusive or negative connotations of the word bubble. We're talking about like bubbles like the beauty of, of these communities. And that's what I think the sermon series is about. And that's what I think we're being invited into. And I found that incredibly inspiring. I hope it's inspiring to you. And Jake, Kim and I are going to dive into how beautiful day 
does that and how this sermon series, this idea of being all in and here to stay, why that matters. So we're going to dive into that. So here we go. So, first question, you talked about, and we opened up with these saints. Yeah. Father Damien of Molokai, yeah. St. Teresa of Avila, yeah. St. Augustine of Hippo. Right. Pretend you're a saint. Yeah. You're, it's pretty easy. You're J. Kim of San Jose. You haven't really lived. Yeah, just here. Anywhere else. Yeah. You are one of the rare people I know who not only were born here, well, not born here, Wasn't but born we, here, you're pretty been much here basically my whole life. Your whole yeah. life. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. You're you're yeah. really rooted in this place. Yeah. This is in home. fact, if they if if they if they had like saint trading cards and you were a saint, you'd be Jay from the Bay. That's Jay what that's, from the Bay. That's people what that's, that's what people right. would that's probably true. say. Yeah, that's probably what it would be. Jay from the Bay. Like Do you that. think that the that that reality because I think we are influenced by where we live, right? Yeah. Shaped by absolutely by for sure. Um so, like, Steve was always a little Texan. Yes. There's no... He's lived and ministered for a huge portion of his adult life and meaningful ministry in San Jose. Over 30 years. Right. Half his life, basically, now has been lived But in, there's still Texas in him. In California. Yeah, I mean, it's just... It's part of his blood. Yeah. Right. I think some of it's where you were during your formative mm. years probably has the most influence on your external... So, like, Steve, when you meet him, within 10 seconds, you know, like, I think this guy's Texan. <laughs> That's because he was in Texas till, gosh. He was 20-something. 30? Yeah, yeah 30 something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah, for me, I, I, I wasn't born here. I was born on the other side of the planet, but moved here before I can remember. I was really young. So, yes, Silicon Valley, San Jose. I mean, I... I say Silicon Valley and Bay Area. I say the Bay Area because South Bay Area because I haven't lived in San Jose all that much, to be honest. I don't live in San Jose now. I live in Cupertino. I lived in, I've lived in Milpitas, Santa Clara for long stretches, Sunnyvale in high school. So I've lived well, the in San Jose these, greater area. Yeah, it's totally. the metro area. But like San Jose proper, I, I've lived in very few years. Right, my life. So it's kind of interesting, but yeah, the San, the greater San Jose area. But even the Bay Area is weird because you got Berkeley and San Francisco, know, which are so in, interesting. Your mom lives in Sunset, right? Well, she used to. Oh, she, she used lived to. in Inner Sunset in San Francisco. I mean, that's San time. Francisco. But now she lives in Redwood City. So oh, yeah, that's the that's, other thing. You say Bay Area, it's like oh my gosh, there's so, so many microclimates. Yeah. You lived in, yeah. So it's, it's such an interesting thing. Do you think that that has because it. There's two things. You really do seem to have a heart for this place. Yeah. Talk, talk to me about that because I, I think we, we talked about the, the, the number of people who are dissatisfied with the Bay and yeah. feel that, you know, they like, want to move. They want to move yeah. and those kinds of things. And and there's a lot of reasons for it. And and yeah. I, I get it. Good reasons sometimes. Right. Yeah. It's super expensive. The pace of life is really yeah, different than other reasons. Yeah. There's lots of reasons. But I think when you love a place or love a person, you, you see the, the the blights but you also there's something that you love about it what what in, i just wonder what in particular do you love about the bay well i mean in some ways it's like why do you love your kids 
Well, they're just, they're my kids. Uh, and yes, I can yes, name yes. lots of things for sure. Sure. Harper's really sweet and she's innocent. She's so full of joy. Simon's rambunctious and fun and funny. You know, but really, like, the first thing to say is, like, well, they're my kids. And the first thing to say about. This is my home. Yeah, this is home. This is my home. home. This is all I've known. And I used to, I used to, I had a stretch of my life where I thought, man, this is, like, kind of boring. I've just lived here and. Yeah. I wish I could have traveled the world and I wish I could say, yeah, I spent a couple of years in London and then was in New York City for a while and then, you know, Chicago. Like, I, you know, I have friends who, who that's their story. And I used to sort of admire that and kind of maybe even long for that. You know, mm-hmm. I talked about Wanderlust in my sermon on yeah. Sunday. Um, but, you know, it's been interesting. Maybe it's having kids or something, but I don't really have that anymore. Like, yeah. I'm really grateful and I think people who've sort of lived all over the place, I think that can be a wonderful gift too, actually. And gives you Because you see God at work and, in all these yeah, different places. You know that no matter where you go, God's there. Yeah, it's beautiful. So, yeah, it's totally. profound. Yeah. Um, but I think that for me, I, I've just, yeah, I love, I love being here. And as hard as it is, I love being here. And it's not necessarily that, you know, it's not like not some future commitment i'm gonna be here till i die i don't know what god's gonna do you have no idea yeah. um, but, but right I, now but right now i expect to be here yeah. for for a long time and um yeah so it's just home that's why i love it and and i love it for i mean if you want to get practical i love it for its diversity you know i love uh, where we are for its it's not as diverse as it can be we're, we're for sure sort of fractured in our diversity this part of town there's a lot of x or y or z yeah. that live yeah. there and whatever but but generally speaking, you know, mm-hmm. I love it for its diversity. I mean, you gotta love the weather, and uh, you know, the Golden State Warriors, dude. It's it's we've had the greatest a great franchise. Well, in, see, I'm from Ohio. So, yes. So in 1990, the Cincinnati Reds won the the, the <laughs> World Series. World Series, and that's yeah. the last time Cincinnati won like anything. You know, they were in the Super Bowl last year, but that doesn't really yeah. count. But did I, they have? Was that one they had like Eric Davis, Barry, Barry Larkin, Jose Rio? Yeah, they had Barry Larkin, the Chris, Nasty Boys. Chris Sabo? Do you remember the Nasty? Oh, Chris Sabo? yeah, Spuds with the glasses. Spuds McKenzie, that was his name. Was he on that team? Yeah, he was. Okay, well, world champion, Chris Sabo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Chris Sabo, if you're listening, I had your baseball card, man, your rookie <laughs> was, card. Um, the, the okay, let's go back. Yes, and and I, I think that there's all sorts of beautiful things about that. But one of the things you talk about is just being rooted in place, no matter where you are. I have a buddy who's a pastor in Chicago. Yeah. And it's interesting, even in Chicago, people are like, I'd rather go somewhere else. And they're fleeing oh, interesting, yeah. because they're like, it's too liberal here. It's too yeah, this yeah. or that. Right. And so everyone's fleeing everywhere. Everyone's you fleeing know? everywhere. You know, it's interesting. I just heard, obviously, there's this huge exodus from California to Austin. And I was talking to a friend who lives in Austin and he told me the same thing. He's like, man, people are leaving Austin because they're like, all these people are coming in. It's not the same city. I'm out of here. It, it's everywhere. Yeah. You know, yeah. You go and everyone's a little bit of migration. Grass is yeah. greener. And yeah, I, it's interesting because I wonder if that rootlessness does something to us. Yeah. Because it does feel like people move quite a bit. Yeah. Like the the sheer number of times that people move. Yeah. Um, and I haven't looked at stats on this, but it, you you do look at the the places of migration. Yeah. Uh, you talk about the importance of being rooted. Maybe not because hey, I'm going to stay here until I die. Because right. who knows? Yeah. Who knows? And you got to go where God calls and you. And I to have go. no idea. Like yeah. I have no idea where I'm going to go or what's next. I I think I know. I'd like to stay here. I love. Th- 
I, I like this place. Yeah. I, my friends are here. My yeah. family's here, but who knows? Who right. knows? If both my kids move to some city and they're like, mom, dad, we're about to settle down and have families. Will you come live with us? Right. I, I'm pretty sure my wife's going to be like, we sell in the house. We're going, yeah. you know, right, so right. it just is what it is, but yeah. we don't know. But you're talking about being rooted. Just the idea of being saying, this is my home for now. And then you kind of tied it to this beautiful verse in Jeremiah, yeah, um, which was the story of exiles which I, I don't think a lot of Christians like the idea of being exiles. Let's just stop, start there. <laughs> yeah. I think we'd rather be in Jerusalem, yes. in our temples with just our people. And I think that that is a human tribal instinct, and, and I get it. But that's not always that's not where we are right now. Yeah. I think we're, Would you say that in general, in the U.S., or maybe even in the world, people are uh, Christians are exiles in, in, in the world? Is that kind of a philosophy you have? Yeah, I mean, on a cosmic level, all followers of Jesus are exiles. You know, um, this is not our home. Mm. Now, that doesn't mean, we've talked about this a lot here at Westgate, it doesn't mean like the earth is going to burn up and go to hell and we're going to fly far, far away. By this is not our home, what we mean is like the prayer Jesus taught us to pray, that God's kingdom would come, his will would be done here on, on earth, earth as, as it is in heaven. heaven. Heaven being God's space, earth being human space, and the, the biblical vision being that someday... God's space and human space will become one. And that even now we see in in part, you know, the inbreaking of God's space, the kingdom of heaven right. to, into the here and now. That's why Jesus teaches us to pray that and to live that, you know, to live in, in a manner where we, we are bringing kingdom, you know, and heaven to earth. So we're all exiles in some ways in, in the sense that the planet and human experience, they are not as they should be. Because so, Jesus has not yet come back. He is not yet yeah, king. He's not yeah. yet ruling. So, yeah, we're all exiles in some ways. And then in very specific ways, experiences in particular parts of the world feel especially exilic. So I think that's a part I, I've heard from people who move away from Silicon Valley, for example. That's in part some of the things they're naming. So when Christians say things like, I got to get out of here because it's just becoming way too, and then fill in the blank, um, you know, whatever that liberal, is. progressive, yeah. Yeah. Uh, expensive, um, you know, the whatever. pace of life Busy. is it's anti-family. Yeah, yeah, all those yeah. things. Too it's, hard to raise kids. All those things. In some ways, those are connected to our values, and yes. if you're a follower of yes. Jesus, you're connecting them to particular values driven by the sort yeah. of life you want to live in Christ, and. So if that's true, and it is true, then then you feel like an exile. You're like, this is not the way life is supposed to be. So yes, I think followers of Jesus in both cosmic ways and in specific, unique geographic ways were exiles. But I love that Jeremiah passage because God says, actually... Yeah, I carried you into exile. Yeah, he says, I uh, seek the peace and the prosperity of the city to which I carried you. Yeah. So that's, and then he says, pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. You said actually that this verse has, it's like hummed in you for some reason. This has been a very important verse yeah. recently. Yeah. Is that new or is... I mean, it's probably, I've always loved the verse and I've always loved the story, but it's probably in the last... Gosh, I want to say, yeah, since COVID, since, since the pandemic. Interesting. You know? It's been quickened in you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, not because I'm upset. I mean, sometimes I'm sad when people move away. But if people are, again, I you know, I said this, like, 
if you're leaving here because God's calling you somewhere else, you got to go God where God's got to go. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. The only invitation was for as long as you are here, be it a day or a decade right. or longer. And also bring God into the conversations about where you live. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some don't people just, don't. Some people say, well. Yeah, a lot of people don't. Yeah. I, I just want to go to a place that's well. cheaper. Well. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's hummed in me in a really deep, resonant way since COVID, for sure. Hmm. What, what would it look like for us who are still here to seek the peace and prosperity of this place that everyone's fleeing? And for those who are leaving because they feel God's calling them somewhere else, what will it take for you to seek the peace and prosperity of that place? Of that place, going, right. Because you know? that's the call for all, all Christians. Yeah. Um, one of the things, we remember when we did the Brashears podcast where yeah. he came on for like an hour and a half and talked about the unseen realm. One of the things he said, and this is stuck in, it's it's stuck in me like um, like an arrow. I can't get rid of it. I keep, th- I, I probably think about it once a day. He said, in the creation story, God creates um, these blessable, image-bearing covenant partners yeah. to partner with him to create little bubbles of justice and peace and mercy and beauty and goodness and truth. Yeah. This idea of creating these little bubbles, both individually and then like collectively, I, when you talk about this, I layer that on top of it, you know, work to create these bubbles. Yeah. And then that, that bu- or or light, and then and then that that, that can expand out into the broader community. Yeah. yeah. Um. Is that part of what it is? That how you understand it? Or I, I mean, I'm out, I'm layering my own thoughts yeah. on it. But when you think about it, is that how you think about it? I think so. I mean, I think that's why the church matters. I think that's why you know we've been talking a lot about belonging and serving. It's why getting shoulder to shoulder with people matters so much. Um, otherwise one, it's, it's really difficult to seek the peace and prosperity of a place just in isolation on your own. It's totally. not impossible. It's just really difficult yeah, and far less effective and far less life-giving and, and joyful, you know? Um, and then two, I think it's when exilic places see followers of Jesus together in community modeling. An anti-cultural yes, stream, exactly. the biblical stream. Yeah, yeah. sort of an antithetical, yes. anti-cultural community, you know. That's when um, followers of Jesus can really captivate the imagination of an unbelieving world. So these little bubbles or these little pockets where you you model what it looks like to do life in Christ together, you know, and, and, and embody the pace of life in Christ and the joy that we find in Christ together. Yeah. I think that's a part of what it means to seek the peace and prosperity of a place. Well, it's interesting because even as we're going through the life we want, we've talked about the three loves, like allegiance to Jesus and Jesus alone. Any person who's centered on Jesus is going to look and live very differently and to have a group that does that. And then to love your neighbor, to be self-sacrificing and to be a Samaritan, you know, when somebody is on to look and see the needs and then move. And then lastly, what David Kim spoke so eloquently, this idea of belonging, To like really take seriously, you know, commitment and uh, chemistry right. and uh, vulnerability and empathy yeah, and accountability, yeah. all those things uh, to be those communities. Uh, I think that that is so what we hunger for. And it, and, it, and I, I use the analogy that, you know, we, we it's like playing Beethoven Symphony uh, like we we're might be a junior high band and it might be terrible at some yeah. point. Yeah. But man people hear it, you yeah. know, they, they understand yeah. it. 
So I think that that's, that's really beautiful. But I also wanted to talk about this because next week we're doing Beautiful Day. So I want to transition yeah. into yeah. Beautiful Day because that's also part of this. Seeking the prosperity of the city. I can't read that verse and think. I, I, I think of Beautiful Day because it's 18 service projects across the city. One of the things you said is that people aren't just asking in the Bay Area. Is Christianity true? That's not just the only question they're asking. There's another question in addition, or perhaps... And maybe a more primary more Maybe even a more primary days. question, yeah. which is, is Christianity even good yep. for the individual or for society? Maybe yeah. both. Yeah. So talk to me about why you think Beautiful Day is actually um, a, a mandate yeah. of the church, and then also why it's an apologetic. Yeah. Gosh, as a mandate, I mean, the call to love our neighbor... And we've talked about this during the Life We Want series. Love is a committed act of will, you know, to will the good of the other, even at great cost to ourselves. So in other words, it's not an ephemeral feeling. It's not just having good feelings toward our neighbors. It's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a courageous, I'm going to commit to a courageous act of will. It's action. And so Beautiful Day puts us in a position where our entire church community, our church family, we make very accessible entryways to take action. Like grab a hammer, a paintbrush, and let's physically, tangibly show our love by beautifying parts of our city that are in blight or in need. Um, or serving those who desperately need it. Or serving those, yeah. yeah, or putting on a dance for special needs. Right. You know, young people. It's just all sorts of beautiful expressions of this. So, so you see beautiful day as an expression of love your neighbor and the mandate of well, Jesus. Well, it's not only that, but it's one. Yeah, it's one it, of the it aspects is one, of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think the other piece, too, is, like you said, it's a way in which we can seek the peace and prosperity of our city. So not a lot of people in our church know this, but Beautiful Day has been going on for well over a 15, decade. 15 years yeah, almost. 15 yeah. years. Now, when Beautiful Day started... The city and the county was like, what is this? Who cares? You know, it's a very secular city and counties. It's like, we don't want anything to do with the church. Christians are probably bad for society, on and on. Well, 15 years later, because our church family and so many churches around the county have been faithful to show up year after year, and not just on Beautiful Day weekend, but throughout the year with legacy projects and ongoing projects that are smaller scale, Um our local compassion pastor, Finney Abraham, and our church as a whole has a, a uniquely beautiful and strong relationship with our city and our county, which is utterly pagan and secular. But they will call Finney for advice on things, on like public policy things. So like Santa Clara County and the city of San Jose will call a pastor at Westgate Church to say, we're thinking about this, what do you think? And that happened because for 15 years, this church family has told our city and our county, we, we care. love you guys. We love you. We care, yeah. and we don't want anything in return. Like, we've never asked for any. We don't ask for money. We don't ask for a plaque. In fact, we fight against that, taking credit. You know, we've just tried our best to show up. You know, so it's it's no credit to me or you personally. It's just the faithfulness of thousands, tens of thousands of incredible men and women over 15 years who are a part of our church family who've said yes to the call to love our city and our county. So in such, you know, in such a way that um, when the succession transition Sunday happened here, you know, at Westgate between Steve and I in January, 
the mayor was here. We had a congressman here. And I was like, what? Why? Why are they here? And I was actually expecting there was going to be some weird, like, political, like, also, can you do this for us? And, like, genuinely, like, whatever you think about them politically, they literally just came and said, like, hey, congrats. Thank you for your partnership over the years. And that that happens because our people just, like, pick up hammers and paintbrushes and serve. And, and that's not really the end goal. It's not to, like, have relationships with politicians. The end goal, well, it's not the ultimate end goal, but one of the key end goals is to declare definitively to our city and our county, not just government officials, but literally people who are far from God who live here, like, we love you, full stop. We don't want anything in return. We're not asking you to, like, if you go serve it, beautiful day, we do not hand out flyers or tracks to Westgate Church. Like, we don't, we're not asking you to, now, if somebody asks, like, why are you doing this? Of course, share the story, sure. you know? And But um, we don't, yeah, we're not like, hey, we're painting your school, so next Sunday, come to our church. We just, like, for 15 years, our church has said, like, we love you. That's it. We love you because God loves you. Right. And um, and I think, you know, it, it's also, if you've never served in Beautiful Day, it's, like, pretty amazing. You're exhausted at the end of it, but you feel so full. And that, that brings us to the other thing in the beautiful day board. Bob Frosey talks about this all the time. It's not even what we're doing. That's important. But yeah. what's really most important is the kind of people we're becoming. Yes. The kind of people who, uh, and I, you know, I was out of this whole sermon series, Andy Gridley spoke at South Hills on the week of love your neighbor. Yeah. And he said this little line. I don't know if Steve said it cause I forget I'm losing track. Good people always have good reasons to keep on walking. And you talked about the priest and the rabbi. Good people. And I've heard dozens of Christians say, hey, this isn't the church's responsibility. We don't have to do any of this. Yeah. That's actually outside the scope of what a church is called sure. to do. We don't need, we have to care for only our people. And the yeah. only thing we have to give to the unbelieving world is just a message, a couple right, of words right. about who, that Jesus is king. Right. And if they if they don't accept that, then, they're, then, then God's wrath will fall on them. Right. And Jesus says, love your neighbor. Mm-hmm. And, and then he gives a story about, a guy who gets beaten up and he's there and everyone walks by and they start thinking, maybe they think maybe the robbers are close by. Maybe right. what's going to happen to me right. if I get off and help, you know, I got things to do. I got, I have important meetings to attend to. I've got priestly duties or rabbinical duties. And then this Samaritan comes by and instead of saying, what's going to happen to me if I keep, if I get off my horse and go, he says, what's going to happen to him if I don't. That's right. And so there's, and Jesus is that's, the kind of person who's a good neighbor and he's encouraging us to love that way. And that's, I think what part of the, what beautiful day is attempting to accomplish to be the kind of people who see our neighbor as somebody worthy of help because God has told us to, and then to be the kind of people who, and and to quote the scriptures, get off our ass and help. Yeah. Right. Sorry, uh, donkey. That's the, that's the, that's the the, King James version. That's the King James. Yeah. So, um, (laughs) How have you seen? That's got to be encouraging for you to see people who have a heart for their neighbor, because that's that's another beautiful aspect. That's really maybe what God is most doing, right? Yeah. Is changing us. Yep. How have you seen that? Because for you, this is everything's formation. I yeah. just I, that's how you think. Yeah. So who we're becoming? Yeah, who we're becoming. Yeah. So how, how have you? How, why why is that important to you? I mean, because that's everything. You know, ultimately. Our church exists to make disciples, to be in to make disciples who are learning and living the way of Jesus. So that's why it's important. And I agree, you know, 
it's not even primarily about what we do. It's who we're becoming as we do the things we do. So it's all one thing. You know, that's what's interesting to me. Love God, love your neighbor, love one another. Beautiful day, being in a life group, serving in a ministry, caring for your family, being kind to your neighbors. It's literally, in some ways, it's all wrapped up in one thing. It's that the person we're becoming as the Spirit of God cultivates, you know, the life of the Spirit, fruit, you know, in and through us. Um, and beautiful day, serving, it's it's one key very practical, very physical, tangible expression of that. So, yeah, I mean, it's an overly, maybe it sounds like an overly simplistic answer, but to me it's just the truest answer. It's, it's important to me because it is everything. That's the bottom line is what sort of people are we becoming and, and are we becoming more like Christ and more like the person Christ has called us to become. Yeah. Final final thought. Um, there was a, a quote that was in your notes that you didn't share with the folks, yeah. but you shared it at the Vision Night, which was on Monday. Yeah, and it's from a book called The Power of Place. Yeah, by one of the pastors at I think it's New Life in Colorado, yeah. right? Daniel Grothy. Grothy. Yeah, and I, I want to read this quote because, uh, and I want you to pastorally speak to folks because the Bay Area is hard. Let's just be honest. Yes, it, it's a hard place, and if God has carried us. Here, I, uh, one of our, our, our colleagues, Faith Hines, she once said to me, she goes, if you can afford to live here, you're called here. Yeah. <laughs> like, basically, it's like, yeah. it's, it's so crazy right. that anyone could even live here. Yeah. Maybe that's God's calling. So she was kind yeah. of speaking tongue-in-cheek about that. But, look, it, it could be easier other places. And you talked, to, it was really funny. You talked about sometimes when you got hard days, you... Just go on Zillow. Yeah, go on Zillow. Yeah, that's right. Just kind of like, how much can I get? Yeah, totally. <laughs> I could live on a farm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, my wife does that too, and she's like, look how big this house is. Yeah, I, mean, I really do that. I, I know. It's, it's, a, <laughs> it's, a, it's a little bit weird. Uh, but he had this quote, and I want to read it, and then I want you to just kind of pastorally you know, talk to folks because um, you're basically inviting us to invest in and think about eternity, not temporal, because you think that that's, the, that's actually the invitation of Jesus, you know? What's the focus of the Lord's Prayer? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Those are orientation pieces. Focus on God, focus on his kingdom. And then everything else will be added to you, right? Right. So he says this, Daniel Grothy says this, um, and this, this, I've been sitting for a while, this is a powerful quote. Those who are willing to lose the freedom of a thousand different options will find they have everything they need right in front of them. Yeah. Talk to me about that. Do you, I, do you believe that to be true? And then pastorally, what about folks who say, Jay, I have a hard time believing that mm. because we haven't been able to buy a house. Right. I don't, I don't know how th- there's so much financial insecurity yeah. or whatever, yeah. whatever it is. Talk about that. And then whether you think that that's true and then pastorally speak to folks who might have a hard time believing that that's true right now. Yeah. That's a great question, Dave. I love that quote. I do believe it's true. Um, but also, <clears throat> what I don't mean is that, you know, stop looking for a house, stop trying to stabilize your family or get a stable job or whatever. What I'm not saying is commit to being in the Silicon Valley till you die, don't ever move out of here. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the pursuit of life should not be to keep your options open. You know, um, the maybe button on Facebook Facebook event 
invites is like the worst thing to happen to us. <laughs> you know, it's just like, hey, do you want to come to this thing? Maybe. Maybe. And what does that we'll mean? We'll see. Yeah, the if nothing better comes the up. The button might as well say, if nothing better comes up. That's what it should say. Because that's what we mean. And um, I think that sort of life leaves us rootless and placeless. And Daniel Grothy also says uh, in the book, he actually premises the book on this idea, every saint, and this I did quote on Sunday, every saint comes from someplace. You know, and we started this conversation with that thought. You know, Teresa of Avila, right? Um, Damien of Molokai, uh, Augustine of Hippo, Francis of Assisi. And it's they, they come from pl- Teresa of Calcutta. It, and it's because Teresa spent decades in Calcutta. And if you go to Calcutta, I mean, we have romanticized versions of it, you know, because of paintings and stories. Oh, it's rough. Go to Calcutta. It's rough. That's not a place you'd want to spend a year in, much less decades in. And yet that's what she does. Because that's what saints do. They land somewhere. You know, um, Mother Teresa, several countries in the latter decades of her life offered her respite. Said, you you don't ever have to work again. We'll cover everything. We just want to take care of you. You've already given your life, you know, the last few years. And she refused. She died in Calcutta. And and essentially what she said was like, where would I go? Right? This is where God has me. This is where God has called me. Saints always have roots someplace. And again, I want to be careful here. What I'm not saying is like, don't ever move away. But um, you should always move as God moves you. And then develop as deeper roots as you possibly can in that place, right? That's right. Yeah. But if God has you here, like if God has you here in Silicon Valley for the next week or, you know, I have a friend, a dear friend um, who, as this podcast is being released, he has weeks before he moves to Texas. Now, what I know about him, though, is he is moving because God is calling him there. We've talked about this. So he's going to grow roots in Texas. And he has a very firm, clear calling, you know, and a vision for what God is calling him to. So maybe you're here another week or another month, or a year, or decades, or the rest of your life. But for every moment, every minute, every hour you spend here, instead of constantly wandering to a thousand other options, where can I go next? For as long as you are here, can you be like all in? Can you work with us um, toward the peace and prosperity of this place? And mm-hmm. the way you love, and the way you care, and the way you serve, the way you give, you know, the way you commit. So, yeah, I love that quote. Those are uh, those are some thoughts. Yeah, powerful stuff. Well, you know, to everyone out there who's listening, um, if you're in San Jose, if you're in the Bay Area, and you come to Westgate, this is this is your home right now. Yeah, and right now, at and least, yeah. and I'm really uh, sometimes I look out. I don't know if you feel this way. Sometimes I look out and I'm like, I cannot believe this collection of humans. Mm. It's just astonishing to me that God has brought so many people together from so many different places. And I know some of the stories and I'm like, I, it's like, for me, it's like the Muppets. It's like, I cannot believe we have such a ragtag collection, but it's so awesome. Yeah. So awesome. And God has put us together and we're stuck with each other for right now. Yeah. And I love it. I freaking love it. I I can't get over it. And I'm, I'm just excited. So that's, I love it. I love it. And it was really inspiring. And I love, I love the invitation to all in here to stay. And as long as we possibly, you know, can. Yeah. So I don't like the punctuation on the bracelets. 
I think it should be all in period here to stay period with two fragments. Um, I think that that was an error. Um, but yikes! Yikes! <laughs> Oh, uh, anyway, Jay, thanks for that. And yeah, thank uh, you. when what do we do? Uh, so next week's beautiful day. So we have no church. Yeah. Well, we well, have no, church. no, that's not fair. We're we not have gathering. no church services here. We're we not church. gathering in our buildings. But We're yeah. gathering out there to serve. And then yeah. the following week, we're going to be celebrating and talking. And yeah. then we launch into the next sermon series, which is Matthew season four. Yeah. Which is kind of exciting. We're yes. going to keep going back into Matthew. Yep. How long will it? How long will we be in Matthew? Probably twelve years. Yeah, probably twelve years. Yeah. <laughs> We're, awesome. we're like on Matthew chapter six. You realize that seven. We're Are we in seven, seven now? Wait, yeah, seven. We're getting into seven. <laughs> oh. it. Took us a year. We're one quarter of the way there. So oh, I guess that would be four years. Four years. That's not bad. That's man. not bad. No, we're not going to go into another gospel after that. No, my goal is to serve here for twenty years, and I just want to do the four gospels. <laughs> It's perfect math. Sixteen years and yeah. maybe uh, next week we're going to Mark, <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll be done. Oh, that's funny. Okay, well, thanks, Jay. Thanks for your time, and yeah. we'll talk to you soon. And everyone, if you haven't signed up for Beautiful Day, go to beautifulday.org and check out the open projects. Yeah. There's lots of stuff still available, and see you there as you serve. I can't wait to serve yep. uh, alongside you, yeah. Jay. You're going to be visiting a lot of the projects. Yeah, I'm going to try to see all of them. I'm going to bring my daughter for it's a gonna bunch be, of it. It's yeah. going to be amazing. It's so much. Cool. Well, we'll see you uh, as I serve. I'm going to be on, on the Almaden Expressway yeah. uh, cleanup because that's right near South Hills Campus. Yeah, be careful. Don't. No, no. It's, there's cars there. I know. So that's, It's safe. You have to be 15 or older. That's yes, right. It's so all very safe. My whole family is going to be there. Yeah, so we're gonna all going to be awesome. Be, it's going to be awesome. So, okay, well, we'll see you next week. And we won't see you at church services next week, everybody, but we will see you at the service projects for a beautiful yes. day. And then we'll gather together on the 16th just to uh, celebrate. Very yep. exciting. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Jay. Thank you. Just want to say thanks to Jay Kim for stopping by. Remember, next week, uh, we probably won't have an afterward because uh, there's no sermon to talk about because our sermon's going to be lived out on service projects across the bay, across the city, across the county. So sign up at beautifulday.org and go serve. It's going to be amazing, and I can't wait to see all the good that we do uh, as we stand shoulder to shoulder in these service projects. And thanks again to the Beautiful Day board and all the leads who are working so hard to put these projects together. You guys are awesome. I know how much work it is. You've been working for a solid year to make sure that these are, are up and operational and that we have great experiences, but not just good experiences for us, but that it's a good experiences for the people we serve. Super grateful for you guys, and we'll see you next week. Bye.